0: Welcome to Beyond the News. If you missed any of our top stories in the week that was, here's a quick recap for you to catch up. The Nigerian Association of Resident Doctors has rejected the new Memorandum of Understanding presented by the federal government. The NERD national president, Dr. Uyilawa, said this while addressing journalists at the end of a closed-door meeting with the federal government and other relevant stakeholders on Sunday in Abuja. The striking doctors had been called to a meeting by the president with the aim of resolving the ongoing strike by doctors across the country you'll remember that the doctors had gone on strike on the 1st of august and on the 13th of august the minister of labor and employment dr chris Ngigi, had handed over the trade disputes between the federal government and nard to the national industrial court of nigeria for adjudication according to the nard president The union had refused to sign the MOU that was brokered by its parent body, the NMA, and the federal government due to an undisclosed clause. We rejected the MOU, we didn't sign it because we feel we're being punished for the failures of those in government, he said. He then said the nationwide strike would continue and they would proceed with a court case. He also noted that the NARD leadership has to present the new MOU to its members before he could sign the document. On his part, the Minister of Labour, Chris Ngige, said all other unions in the negotiation, including the National Medical Association and the Medical and Dental Consultants of Nigeria, have signed the new agreement. He noted that the meeting did not discuss the issue of no work, no pay, but that all parties at the meeting agreed to an out-of-court settlement. Meanwhile, in Plateau State. The governor, Simon Lalong, has begged the government of Ondo State, led by Rotimi Keridolu, for forgiveness following a recent attack on their people. Remember that about 23 people from Ondo passing through Jos were killed on the 14th of August, while 23 were reportedly injured. The commuters were attacked and reached Ondo along Rukubat Road in Joss North local government area, which, of which more than 30 were rescued by security agents. Lalong, who also apologised to the people of Ondo for the attack, did this through his deputy, Professor Sonny Tiodin, who led a delegation from the state to Ondo State for a condolence visit and to formally deliver the survivors of the unfortunate attacks. The apology is contained in a statement by the Governor's Director of Press and Public Affairs, Dr. Makuts on Saturday in Joss. Tiodin said the visit was to convey the condolences and apologies of the state government and the people of Plateau to their families as well as the entire people of Ondo state. He pled for forgiveness for the actions of the criminals who perpetuated the act saying that they acted on their own as they did not represent any religious, ethnic or social interest in the attack. He said the state governor had been distressed by the incidents which is an attempt to jeopardize the substantial peace restored in the last six years since his assumption of office in the state. He then assured the state government was committed to protecting lives and properties of all Nigerians, saying that the culprits involved will be brought to book as many arrests have already been made. Responding, Governor Rotimi Akeredolu thanked Lalong for his quick intervention and other proactive measures taken to prevent the situation from escalating. Meanwhile, in economic news, the Central Bank of Nigeria has prohibited microfinance banks from executing foreign exchange transactions citing concerns on their financial capability to handle such transactions. This was contained in a circular by the Apex Bank dated August 19. The circular noted that some microfinance banks were engaging in wholesale banking and forex transactions which posed great risks for banking system. The circular also said the CBN will continue to monitor developments in the microfinance bank sector and apply severe regulatory sanctions for breaches of extant regulations, including revoking the license of non-compliant microfinance banks in line with Section 19 of the guidelines. In Cross River states, the Governor Senator Ben Ayade has expressed displeasure with the recently signed Petroleum Industry Bill, saying the PIB that is now PIA is unfair to cross Riverians as it continues to neglect the plight of the people of the state. Ayade, who made this statement while receiving the representatives of the Revenue Mobilization Allocation and Fiscal Commission in his office in Calabar, said the law fails to address the concerns of the state, despite the fact that he had personally raised them with the relevant Senate committee. The Governor expressed his displeasure, saying, When the PIB committee visited, I took my time and articulated in the best of professional grammar to explain to them that producing communities are not as delicate and sensitive as impacted communities. Cross River State bears the brunt of production, but today the PIB is signed into law insensitive to the oil-impacted communities to which Cross River State belongs. In the same PIB, 30% of revenue is set aside for frontier exploration. Luckily, the Kalaba Basin, which they refuse to recognize in that category, which stretches from all the mountain basins cutting across the whole of Bakasi, Biase, Odumpani, Okuni, Ogoja, is heavily impregnated with hydrocarbon. The geo-coordinates have been issued by myself since 2016 to the federal government. Today, we watch and see how the 30% set aside for the frontier exploration will be managed and we will see what will happen to the Calabar Basin, he said. Ayade also passed the vote of no confidence at the current revenue review process, saying that there is no indication whatsoever that the review of the revenue allocation will be based on the principle of jurisprudence, equity and fair play. Meanwhile, in Kanu state, a property belonging to the former governor of the state, Rabio Kwankwaso, has been sealed off by the Economic and Financial Crimes Commission. One barrister, Mustafa Danjuma, had alleged in a petition that Kwankwaso received contribution of 70 million naira from each of the 44 local government councils in Kanu state. The petition revealed that the amount from the 44 local government councils totaled about 3.8 billion naira. This had brought Conkrouser under investigation by the EFCC. The amount was allegedly channeled towards his presidential primary in 2015. Kwankosaur served as the senator representing Kano Central Senatorial District between 2011 and 2015. Talking about presidential ambitions, former Vice President Atiku Abubakar has appeared to have signified interest to run for the 2023 presidential elections, according to a leaked memo seen by Newswire. In the memo dated June 29, 2021, the presidential aspirant expressed gratitude to the People's Democratic Party for their role in the 2023 elections and urged the party to gear up for the upcoming elections. It is with utmost respect that I convey to you my deep appreciation and profound gratitude for the overwhelming support and massive electoral votes cast to support our party, the PDP and my candidature for the President of the Federal Republic of Nigeria during 2019 general elections, he said. Now we are better equipped and all our compatriots must team up today towards a new political and economic order that should radically reinvent our beloved country. We are fully prepared to work in synergy to restore hope, pull Nigeria back from the brinks and relieve the patriotic spirit of our founding fathers. I believe that together we would rebuild our broken fences, mend our cracked walls, restore hope and return Nigeria to the path of greatness again, surely we can and we must, the memo read. A full copy of this memo is available on the Newswire website for further reading. Still on 2023, a group, Oshibajo-Ganduje Alliance, has flooded Abuja with presidential posters of the Vice President, Professor Yemi Oshibajo, and the Governor of Kano State, Abdullahi Ganduje. The group, in a statement obtained by Newswire, claimed the Vice President, Yemi Oshibajo, and the Governor of Kano Ganduje have both offered the most plausible solutions to ending the security crisis occasioned by the farmers and herders across the country. According to the statement signed by the conveyance of the group, Oluleke Mose and Belo Adamu Mohammed, if power rotates to the south, Oshibajo is best placed to unite, heal and inspire our great nation. We also firmly believe that Gandhiji's antecedents as governor of Kano make him the perfect northern vice-presidential candidate to Oshibajo, one who will advance and protect the interests of a northern Nigeria plagued by poverty and insecurity. Most political pundits believe that Vice President Yemi Shibaja is quietly nursing a presidential ambition while Governor Abdullahi Ganduje, whose tenure ends in 2023, has publicly expressed his support for a southern president. There are also insinuations that the All Progressive Congress, the APC, is most likely to zone its presidential candidates to the south of Nigeria after eight years of Buhari and based on a purported gentleman understanding reached between the founding members of APC in 2014. Moving away from politics, the gist surrounding the divorce of Paul Okoye aka Rude Boy, a twin of a separated music band Peace Square and his longtime sweetheart Anita Okoye seems not to be ending soon as a leaked divorce document is revealed the estranged wife demanded $15,000 that's about 7.8 million naira monthly spousal support. According to the petition, Anita demanded the payment of a monthly maintenance sum of $15,000 for the general welfare, education and health of their three children, who are presently in schools in the United States of America until they are of age. She also advised Rootboy in the legal document to challenge the petition if he feels disgruntled. Anita first sparked divorce rumors in April when it was reported that she relocated with her three children. To the United States. Anita and Paul, who were university sweethearts, got married in 2014 in a very flamboyant wedding ceremony held in Potakot. Talking about ceremonies, the 21st Olu of Wari, Ogyame Atuase III, has reversed an ancestral curse placed on Nigeria by his grandfather as a result of an alleged injustice meted out to him. the II was the paramount leader of the Ishakiri people. Who was Olu of from 1951 to 1964 and from 1966 to 1986. He was the 18th Olu of Wari kingdom with the title Ogyame Erejoa II. The new Olu of Wari, Ogyame Atuashe III, reversed his grandfather's course on Saturday during his coronation. According to a report, the new Olu of Wari said, as the spiritual, cultural, political, and traditional ruler of this land, I, Ogeame Atuase III, the twenty first Uluabwari, the first son of Olu Atuase II, the grandson of and direct descendant of Olu Erejoa II, who was offended on this throne, hereby reverse the curse placed on this land. In its place I release forgiveness and healing to the federal government of Nigeria, whose might was used to propagate that offense, and I decree unprecedented and an uncommon peace, prosperity, progress and development upon this land i bring down the government of heaven onto this land and i direct it to flow as a course that can neither be sabotaged slow nor stopped thank you for listening to beyond the news you can follow us on all social media platforms at newswire ngr on facebook twitter and instagram stay in touch for breaking news on www.newswirengr.com